Hello and welcome to episode 34 of the officially unofficial Death Leopard podcast, Death Leopard Pod. But maybe, just maybe, today we've become slightly more official because Death Leopard mates, have I got a treat for you. We have today an exclusive interview with no other than Mr. Phil Collin. And even better than that, you haven't got me interviewing him, being a fanboy. We've got Mrs. Helen Collin, who kindly, kindly offered to interview Phil, ask him a few questions that myself and my guest today, Carolyn Norton, sent over. And he was able to answer those questions for us. And what's amazing about this is this interview took place on Sunday, the 11th of September, just two days after the stadium tour, Def Leppard stadium tour, had ended. So, so Phil's ended the Def Leppard stadium tour. He's flown back home to LA on the Sunday and he's done this interview for us. So, Helen, thank you very, very much. Phil, thank you very, very much. And Carolyn, who is the person who helped facilitate this. This came absolutely out of nowhere, everybody. So we have got what I think is Def Leppard's first post-stadium tour interview, where Phil tells us how that tour went, and also he talks about Diamond Star Halos as well. Now, that interview is exclusive here on Def Leppard at the moment. However, Helen is going to have it on her show, the My Radio Shoutout show, very soon as well, so you'll be able to go over there and listen to it. I would strongly, strongly encourage you to listen to Helen's show, My Radio Shoutout. Now, it's not available here in the UK. However, if you're in the United States of America, which 69% of you apparently are when I look at Def Leppard's analytics, then all you need to do is download the AMP app. So that's AMP, spells A-M-P, and then you will be able to find Helen's fantastic show, which is on every Monday, 3 p.m. Eastern Time. It's supposed to be on for an hour or so, I'm told, but often it lasts a lot longer because of all of the interaction that's happening with the people who are messaging her and having a great time. So definitely go and check out that. Also, if you check out her Instagram at MyRadioShoutout, there's also shows on there as well that are outside of the AMP app and you can listen to some of them. There is a brilliant one, which is an inter- another interview with Phil, and I've put the link to that in the show notes below. I've also put all other links that I can find to Helen's show. So we've got this interview with Phil, where he talks about Diamond Star Halos. He talks about the stadium tour that has just ended merely days ago. So that's the first half an hour. After that, there is a chat, a conversation, a discussion, myself and Carolyn Norton. And what we're going to do is we're going to talk about Diamond Star Halos, but in a way in which Diamond Star Halos has never been talked about before and from a very different perspective. What could that be? Well, if you actually don't turn off after the Phil interview, well, go and have a cup of tea, you know. But after that, come back and then listen to the rest of the podcast. And then there's a really good chat there with myself and Carolyn. A good chat. Thanks to Carolyn. Right, everyone. Here we go. Okay, we are live. It's Helen, Colin, and Phil Collin <laughs> sitting here, and um, we're doing this for uh, Carolyn Norton and uh, Neil Poole. How you guys doing? We're going to give a, a big shout out to the uh, Def Leppard fans. Uh, this is Helen Collin from the 
uh, shout out Music Appreciation 101 that airs on AMP. And I'm sitting here with my husband, Phil. And Say hi, Phil. Hello. <laughs> and Carolyn um, and Neil had a few questions. And uh, they were discussing the Diamond Star Halos album and, you know, how it basically you know, got started, the songs on it, you know, how it came to be, all that, you know, it's just all the good stuff. So I'm sitting here with Phil. We're sitting outside. We're in our backyard. Our son Jackson is riding his bike back and forth. And so you hear, you know, the ambient sound is going to be us and Jackson on the grass. But anyway, I'll get started. Um, so the question that um, Neil posed is, Diamond Star Halos is an excellent, incredibly varied album, which has elements of Leps Gone By, as well as pushing new boundaries. Which Diamond Star Halo tracks do you think are reminiscent of the 80s Def Leppard High and Dry to Hysteria? And which are the ones entering new musical territory for the band? So, um, it, it is very varied. If you want to make comparisons, I guess um, you take what you want. Sounds like classic Def Leppard. It sounds a little bit like some of the High and Dry stuff, a little bit, bit like some of the stuff on Pyromania. Um, with obviously a new kind of verve and kind of energy to it. Um, Kick and Fire Up are reminiscent of uh, Pour Some Sugar On Me and, you know, um, Rock Of Ages, which, you know, we we actually are are distant cousins of uh, We Will Rock You by Queen and I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett. So, you know, you can trace that thing. Um, The whole album, though, was a lot different to stuff that we've ever done before. We've... We really went deep into our influences. Like, you know, me and Joe always say, you know, you can like the Sex Pistols and Super Tramp, of which we did. You know, we were both fans of both bands. And uh, you don't have to take sides or, or be in a tribe or a camp or anything. So having said that, some, some of these songs um, go a bit deeper. You know, um, Kick, as much as it, it kind of is, is reminiscent of some of our other stuff, as, as is Fire Up. It also has real deep um, influences by T-Rex and Slade uh, and, and Gary Glitter as well, you know, that, those early 70s bands. And we've, we've done stuff that's kind of sounds a bit like that before, but not to this extent. I mean, this is, these songs were, were done in the spirit of. They got the same vibe, they got the same energy. And we kind of rekindled that youthful feeling. And that's why we called it Diamond Star Halos, which was a, a, a line out of a, a T-Rex song, uh, Banger Gone, Get It On, um, because it really felt like that. It didn't feel like when we've been influenced by other songs before. This had a spirit that was kind of related to some of that other stuff. Um, so obviously, yeah, kick, fire it up. Um, some, oh, it's, it's Jackson. He's just uh, flying around on his little bike. Um, <laughs> Obviously, some other stuff we went a lot deeper. Um, you, like I said, we we like all bands from you know s- s- growing up, and especially coming from England, you had such a vast array of of things to to kind of get into. Um, always loved Pink Floyd. You know, we we would never have dreamt of doing anything like that. But um, on Angels, it really reminds me of some of the great Pink Floyd stuff on on Dark Side of the Moon, Wish We Were Here. Um, at the end, we got uh, Debbie Blackwell Cook singing, you know, joining on the choir. Um, and, and that really kind of uh, kicked it into gear. We also had Mike Garson on piano, who played with Bowie. And the first time me and Joe and all of us heard him was on the Aladdin Sane album. And, and it's some of my favorite piano playing of all time. And so, 
you know when when Joe kind of got him to to do some of the stuff on the on the record it just kind of it opened up another dimension for us because that was our, our thing when we got into music it was such a huge thing so um that song yeah reminds me of you know, great pink floyd and uh, like i said we, even with the vocals um the guitar solo you know i, I tried to honor dave gilmore kind of i mean it still sounds like me obviously but it's that's where the influence come on that one uh, and we've got the, the amazing mike garson who, who, who done his thing on it um there's another song with mike garson um that the uh goodbye for good that has um you know he played on um aladdin sane on it there was a track called lady grinning soul um Mick Ronson played an acoustic guitar solo. So, again, I was honouring my hero on on that with with the same pianist that that, that played on on the Aladdin Sane album with Mick. So, um, you know, obviously all the Bowie stuff really started coming through when we was writing the stuff. And, and like I said, you know, it's it's that list. It's Bowie. It's Mott the Hoople. It's Queen. It's the Glitter Band. Gary Glitter. You know, um, Slade, T Rex. They were there was such massive influences roxy music the faces so all of this stuff we, we've never really let it come out this this uh purely if you like it i mean it actually really if you if you go back and listen to all of those artists and, and bands in the 70s there was something else going on and um i think we captured that with, without trying it just kind of naturally came through us um because i guess we had some time off and, and we weren't really making an album per se we we were just kind of honouring our idols if you like and, and just kind of just having fun when me and jo Joe started sending song ideas to each other we got really excited very quickly because all this stuff started coming out and it hadn't really come out in, in Def Leppard albums before not not like this so we um, you know even, even a song like Lifeless uh, it you know when I started goofing around with the idea in the first place it kind of sounded like the, the Rolling Stones doing like when they delve into country music, you know, like, you know, Angie was a little bit like that, and, you know, Country Honk, and they, they'd done a bunch of songs that were like that, and, and it also had a bit of U2 in it, so we, we kind of blended U2 with the Rolling Stones and, and made it sound like Def Lab, and then we put Alison Krauss on it, and then all of a sudden it was like, well, this is weird, and, and we, it wasn't saying that we'd planned, it just naturally led us in that direction. So that was what was great about this album, it had a, it had a natural journey of its own and it kind of decided to take us along with it and and so you know all of those things um uh, you rock me you know I, again i was just goofing up we all had um ukuleles on on tour and we was learning how to play them you know my, my daughter samantha said can i get a ukulele and um before long everyone had a ukulele and um that idea came around i, I was just sitting around and and it, it came up so um actually on Charlotte's ukulele, so everyone, and, and I recorded it on Helen's ukulele on the album, just stuck a microphone there, and it was very natural, just the way it went, and it just turned into this giant big rock song. So and I, and I had this, again, it was, it was like the, the Queen thing, you know, it was um, all of that, you know, Give Me a Kiss That Rocks, it kind of has an ACDC meets Aerosmith kind of vibe, but also typically Def Leppard and, and again you know a bit of Slade in there with the with the backing vocals you know the screaming kind of backing vocals but um uh, and then other stuff you know Unbreakable um, that, that Joe wrote and 
it, it at a modern we was going to do it a bit like ACDC and we didn't we kind of changed it a little bit and it done um it done a really 180 actually sounded more like in excess and these are all bands that we're huge fans of and and it ended up being that way which I th- think suited, suited the song better um liquid dust um I wrote that actually I, I got the idea I had that kicking around for years. It was liquid something, and it's liquid something else, and it was like, nah, that's, that's crap, that's nothing, da, da, da. Then all of a sudden, it was like liquid dust, and, and what does that mean? It's like, that's what we are, that's our bodies, that's, um, you know, we live life as, as this vibrant, vital beings, and then, then we just turn to dust, and it's like, just that quick. So we, we, it's a temporary state, so both of them, you know, li- the liquid and the dust part, so... Uh, that's really what that was about. And um, uh, again, you know, the music kind of reflected, it had a kind of almost like a Bollywood kind of feel to the percussion and everything. And then I, I kind of wanted to do a, like a, a Jimmy Page meets the Edge style guitar thing. Uh, and then uh, it came out that way. It actually really ended up being that way. I mean, I thought about it just for a minute and then all of a sudden when I started playing, it was like, wow, that sounds like Jimmy Page and edge had a love child and so, so there you go i mean that's that's the great thing about um getting better as musicians producers singers writers everything um at a certain point you can you imagine what you're you're thinking and all of a sudden it, it manifests in a reality uh, mutt langer used to do that all the time it, it it just he wouldn't even think about it he'd just say well um what about this and and all created this you know, multiverse or a universe for a song, a completely different thing. And and before you know it, you're, you're actually playing this thing. So we kind of tapped into that and with with a lot of the songs. Um, From Here to Eternity, this was a sad song. It's the, the, the song that um en- ends the album. Um, Sav was, was writing this kind of epic thing and it, it kind of almost sounded like a, a, a Queen thing. But um, when the phrase uh, film noir was kicked around all of a sudden it, it took on a different life and um and then it had an energy and a, and a feel that wasn't there before and and everything yeah, musically lyrically sonically related to that so it was it was it was a theme so each song had its own kind of theme and feel though they weren't like you know similar in that case and so normally we do that you know, with a lot of albums you know you have a, a thread that goes through there is a thread here obviously but each song was it was a separate um project if you like you know and that that was the the most inspiring part about it because you didn't have to comply or, or relate to saying so um uh, again the, the end solo that from here to attorneys my, my favorite solo that i did on the album and again i i i tapped into Richie Blackmore and Michael Schenker uh, and, and some of the, the, the stuff that they did there. That's Jackson in the background, by the way, if you can, I don't know what he's doing. But um, yeah, you know, it's, it's like kind of honouring your heroes, but in, in, a, in a different way. Obviously, Brian May, we, we honour him all the time. You, you hear that pretty much with most of the stuff. And, you know, Eddie Van Halen, Jimi Hendrix and all of these uh, great players, Mick Runson, like I, I mentioned before. There's all of these things coming out so whoever was solo and whether it was me or Vivian th- this stuff was coming through it was coming through loud and clear another one of the things uh, open your eyes that was the first song that that me and Joe kind of wrote together um, d- during the lockdown you know I, I, I got this new bass uh, 
on like Amazon.com. Or, or actually, it was Sweetwater, actually. I'd ordered this Squire Precision Bass. And whenever you get a new guitar, you always start messing around doing things you would never do. It's, it's like when you change instruments and that. You, you get kind of different ideas. Anyway, I got this, started playing this song, and it was um, Open Your Eyes. And um, that, that's how that started off. Um, I sent it to Joe. He said, oh, what about if you do a jangle, I can do a vocal over it. And before you know it, you know, we, we, a day and a half, Joe was in Dublin, I was in California. Um, we're sending ideas to each other, and, and it was a song. And, and so the, the next thing, I had this, this idea floating around, and it was um, all we need. And that one, again, was very reminiscent of, say, stuff on Hysteria. It sounds like Hysteria and Animal. It's got... A real relation to those kind of songs but again it's modern it sounds like us now you know it's got me and viv it's got me viv and sav singing together vivian's voice at the end doing the r's and and oohs just something that every, everyone gets featured on, on on stuff and again sav played this amazing bass on it you know he took what, what i'd written and actually you know progressed with it and made it even better and so the sound of that was really cool and so it's, it's something we, we hadn't done before it's kind of like what Queen used to do they would play on each other's songs but they would give 100% you know it's like Freddie Mercury comes in and writes you know uh, Bohemian Rhapsody but everyone put their stamp on it everyone put you know the solos the guitars the bass the drums the vocals it, it was like in, insane so everyone kind of done that on this record um, another one that, that was floating around for actually 17 years at the time was um this guitar and joe joe had always said uh, oh, yeah, we'd love love to do that one day and it it didn't feel right because it d did feel a bit country um me and my friend cj vanston um who you may know from tons of other stuff and uh we, we, we're friends been friends for years and we've written loads of songs and um that was a uh, yeah it was kind of a country type vibe so joe championed the song he said well do a demo so i'd, I'd done an acoustic demo he, 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 his first demo was what ended up on the record. He actually done it on this like really cheap little um, microphone that he, he does his um, radio show on. And, and he sung that and then we just started adding to it. Vivian played some beautiful, um, almost Eric Clapton um, licks in it. And, and I, you know, I'd, I'd done the solo on, the, again, one of my old Squire Telecasters. And yeah, just so you have these different guitars and stuff that you wouldn't never normally use but they were just lying around and we, we were in the we were in this you know not in a studio or a touring situation we were at home so any kind of idea that you slightly had you could bring it to fruition um again the the intro of that guitar done of this guitar done on a squire starcaster which is a a cheaper version of the fender semi-acoustic Starcaster that come out in the seventies and didn't didn't do that great, but this thing sounded amazing and was just really cool. And actually, during the um, lockdown, I I was learning Midnight at the Oasis guitar solo and all the crazy jazz chords that um, Amos Garrett played on Maria Muldoor's like seventies classic. So again, I was just goofing around with this, and and it was like, wow, this this would sound great at the, for the intro of this guitar. Um, then, you know, uh, Joe had been talking to uh, Robert Plant and he'd mentioned Alison Krauss and that we had a new album. And before you know it, she, um, she's doing two songs. Initially, she was just going to do a couple of backing vocals or something on it and it ended up being a duet on this guitar. 
and then um, and then on lifeless as well. And ironically, you know, as much as we was trying to get away from a, a, a country feel of it, um, <laughs> we went straight back into it when when Alison sung on it. But um, it just sounded beautiful, and uh, you know, it's, we've been playing that live and uh, at first you know people didn't know it but as we went on the second half of the the tour um everyone was singing along it really went down a storm so um that's the general thing you know when you when you start playing new songs um on tour people don't know them so that's why it's good to kind of just do one or two um, and we, we were very adventurous we started off with four and then we we shuffled the the, the tour set list around uh, and ended up doing three new songs, but they became people started to know them a bit more often. And uh, like I said, the, the more you go on, they they get more familiar with it. And so that's really what you do with them. Um, I'm just trying to think if I've left any songs out. Oh, SOS Emergency, that was um, that was kicking around for a, a little while actually when we were on tour with Tesla, like 2015, 2016. I'd kind of written the first idea of that and and sent it to Joe and. They just kind of sat in his inbox for a while, and then, and then when we were like getting ideas for it, all of a sudden he just phoned me up the next day and said, "Oh, I've got this 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 verse for it because I I had the chorus, and before you know it, just clicked in. It was like just very automatic, the the whole thing." What would you say to the um, the diehard Def Leppard fans who may find themselves in a position where they're not able to actually kind of move into the realm of new Def Leppard music? But so much of what you've just said seems to be that you guys have put out a brand new retro album because the album is based on your inspirations, which yeah. are, of course, from music that came long before right. you. So um, what would you say to the fans who can't seem to embrace what they're calling or what they believe may be new music because it just kind of interferes with their you know, kind of like mojo. Um, All right, so what what I think is that um, we've noticed on this tour, people have been saying, not just the odd person, but everyone, this is the best, best we've ever seen you. It's the best you've looked, the best you've played, the best you've sung, production, everything. That's because we're inspired. And we're inspired because lots of reasons. You know, we, we wrote this album. We had some new music that, that we kind of, like I said, we honoured our heroes. We... we finally got to do that you know all those bands i mentioned and all those artists we, we finally got to get that you know off our chest out of our skin if you like and and kind of so that's really important and uh, and i think um the, the fact that anyone who hears it absolutely loves it um there's more to it than that you know we have a team we have a crew we have ronan McHugh's our, our sound guy is also our producer co-producer and, and knows their voices and instruments and everything intimately so it it, it really works we have yeah uh, miriam malakapur she's she's our stylist that that made a huge difference you know she um she was kind of very instrumental in getting anton corbin in we have ross halfin we have kevin nixon we have all these we have ryan who does all our socials we have you know jess jessica squire and we have mike and max and everyone and every all of this, Ted, who does their monitors, they, these are so important. And the fact that everyone's on the same page um, just just helps everything. You know, the fact John Zocco, you know, my guitar tech was was standing in for me in case you know anyone got COVID and, and stuff like that. He learned my parts, Viv's parts, Sav's parts, and 
the, the, all, all the vocals as well. So uh, that, that's pretty crazy. And, and Scotty and yeah, everyone, Aiden, God, God, it's Jeff Diff and that. It's like nonstop. So we, we had just a, a, a brilliant team, Tish and, and Jeff, you know, just Jeff Leppard, our chef, Tish, who, who's our wardrobe and everything looks after us. So everyone had a role. And, and I think that... Um, Everyone was inspired. You, you ask any of those people and everyone just had the best time. Kenji, our amazing lighting guy, you know. So all of these things and, and uh, the screens, you know, Chris Keaton, it's like it got better. You know, we, we kind of up, kept updating the, um, the show as we went. So, you know, big thanks and shout out to everyone there. But uh, they're the things that make it great. And um, we... We, I think it's the best tour we've ever done. It's the best we've ever sounded. But it's, it's because you're inspired. And, and I think by doing an album like that and getting that like that, you know, instead of we had a two-year break and, and we were able to... It wasn't recharging your batteries. It was actually getting inspired and, and doing something. And we've got a lot more to offer. I, I can't go into it, but uh, there's a lot more coming. But we're, we're going to be um, touring the rest of the world starting next year and... Um, just touring this album and uh, tons of stuff to come. It's, it's so inspiring. It's the best I've ever felt about the band and best I've ever felt as an artist. And it's, uh, yes, yeah, exhausting, but it's awesome. It's amazing. So it's, it's something you dream of. It sounds like the, uh, the diehard fans absolutely have uh, more uh, to look forward to. And, you know, in terms of their embracing uh, what they deem to be new music uh, from the band or whatever, if they're embracing the band as a whole and if they're embracing the history of the band, uh, the band is embracing its own history, which then in turn... Yeah, sure. Like I mean, you, you know, know... cyclical you... kind of thing, and you're actually giving it right back to them. So yeah. um, that seems like what it's turning into. Well, the yeah. industry has changed. I, yeah. I mean, b before, you know, you'd have record labels. You had MTV, which is dedicated to, to music. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not like that. You've got social media. It's like it's very different now. So it's it's harder to get new music to people. So that's why they they kind of I, I do it myself. I, I listen to my my vinyl collection. It's like it's all old stuff, you know. You <clears throat> and so you, it's it's where you get to hear new new things because you don't give it the benefit of the doubt. But um, yeah, hey, hey, listen. They they don't have to listen to it, but I would. And I think it's I think it's the best thing we've done. Uh, a lot of people said it's actually the best album hands down better than this era so you know that's you, you got to get into it but um for, for all the reasons that, that we loved playing this this album and, and kind of you know refired ourselves up it's um it's just it's just great and it, like i said it's a, a, an inspiration it's a a vibe and an honor to get out there and do it mm. neil gave me some more questions just a few um he said that stadium tour is over so um how does phil feel it went Oh, it's amazing. It's the best tour we've ever done. It, easy. But like I said, best we've ever looked, best we've ever sounded. Just firepower. Joe's voice was ridiculous. I, I, me and Viv and Sav were doing backing vocals, and I would, it actually sounded fake. It was so good. And I'd be looking over, it's like, who else is singing in there? So, so Mutt Lang's in there somewhere. That's what it sounded like. you know. And then when Ronan does his magic on it out front, um, it sounds even better. But yeah, that's down to hard work. You know, just so you know, like we've done two two shows in a row and that kind of from the night before L.A., which I, I actually think was one of the best shows of our career, let alone the tour, um, the SoFi Stadium one. But the next day you, you're exhausted. You put so much energy out. Joe actually 
warmed up vocal warm-ups for eight hours that day. And I don't know anyone else will do that. And the next day he sounded as good, if not better than ever before. His just voice was on fire. It's like, so people go, well, you know, well, how do you do that? And it's, it's called hard work. It, it's, and we all do it. I do, I do two or three hours warm-up. Vivian does, Sav does. We, we all do these, these warm-ups. And it's like, you know, my playing got really good, especially the last week. And, and annoyingly, um, when we played Vegas, the last show, that's probably the best guitar playing I, I had. I just felt so relaxed and it was like, just closed my eyes and it, I didn't even have to do anything. It just started doing it on its own. So that's where you want to get um, as a musician. And, and that's, you know, when, when people go, well, why does it sound that good? It's because everyone's working. Everyone's working so hard at it. And it's, uh, it's not rocket science. It's, it's called hard work. Right, right. Yeah. Um... How do you feel now that the tour, the, well, it's the United States portion of the tour. How do you feel that's over? Well, I could do with a break. I'm exhausted. Um, it was awesome. And, and I just can't wait to, really can't wait to, to take it to the rest of the world, really. I mean, that's that's the thing. Um, we are so proud and pleased of how the album turned out. And we're so pre- pleased and proud of how we put it over live. I think I honestly think we're the best live band best live rock band in the world at the moment you know because of, if you take everything into consideration like the playing the singing the, the songs and how we put it over with, with the production you know because it's a it's a whole thing um yeah it's really good so we're, we're really proud of that and we want to take it everywhere else and, and kind of share it with everyone especially our fans right 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 what was the energy of your fans this particular round on the stadium tour it was great and it, it got more and i gotta say you know to all the other bands that were on, you know, Classless Act, Joan Jett, Poison and Motley Crue. It really worked as a giant big team. It was the most amazing rock show. You know, it, rock has so many different elements to it. And so, uh, you know, you just got a bit of everything from everyone. It wasn't just someone's show and da da da. It was, it was really good. You had this, these young kids jumping around on stage. Really good Classless Act, great album and just really a lot of energy and, and, and stuff. And that, that was cool. Joan Jett, amazing as always, you know, rock and roll hall of fame inductee as we are. Um, and, and it's, it's priceless and she's out there poison best I've ever heard them without a doubt. You know, CC's playing better than ever. Brett's killing it. It's, it's like every night it was like, wow. And they were exciting. You know, everyone likes the way that Brett, you know, takes the audience and, just the whole thing you know love the band love the guys in it and then motley you know we've known them for years you know i've got stupid stories that i won't go into now but uh, <laughs> me tommy and steve <laughs> back in the day and so yeah but just just great stuff and and it was just really cool to actually get to hang out and and, and be with them but most of the time we didn't see each other because these stadiums are huge and you you'd see someone in a golf cart in a hallway and from, you know, and you've got to go a mile further down the road or have a police escort around the stadium. So you didn't really get to see as, as much as you, as you wanted to, but it was so great. Everyone showed up. We didn't cancel one show. No one dropped out. Everyone turned up. Everyone delivered. Everyone in, the, in every band done everything. And, and it was great. So that's, that's a really a big deal. And especially when you add into the fact that, you know, everyone goes, well, you're 80s bands and it's older. And that's like, hey, you try and do that. And, and, I, I, and, and we did. And we, everyone, so I'm really proud of 
everyone, every band and every crew mm. that, that was out there. It was killer. Nice, nice, nice. I know you may have uh, touched on this a little bit, but um, just more so in a little bit more detail. How do you think the Diamond Star Halo songs went over with your audience versus the classic Def Leppard songs that everyone knew? Well, that, that's always the thing. It's that whenever you do a new song, people don't know it. So you either have to disguise it with production, which is what we do a lot of the time, or you strategically place it. We were doing four, and we ended up doing three in the end. And um, as we went on, they they were better received. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you you'd kick off with um, uh, Take What You Want. It was a great show star, and, and everyone got into it. And the more we went on, I'd see people singing it, mm-hmm. and it, we played it great live. Mm-hmm. And then, and also, you know, like I said, this guitar, it started off, you know, we had this acoustic thing. We had three songs originally in the acoustic thing, and it was a, a bit of a snooze because, you know, you got this big rock show, and it was probably too much, but we edited it around mm-hmm. and, and, and made it a bit more kind of um, vital. And then we'd done two songs. It was Two Steps Behind and, and, and this guitar. Same deal with that. The, the, the more we were on this, basically the second half of the tour, people were singing along to it, and right. it was... and you. That, that was it, you know, when when you go and see The Stones, when, when Keith does a, a, a song or they do a new song, you, everyone goes out and buys beer or T-shirts. And um, that that's always going to happen when you when you do new songs, especially if you're playing in the stadium. But, um, you know, that, that that was happening initially and then it stopped. So that that's a huge mm-hmm. deal. Mm-hmm. Second half, it was like everyone stayed there and they were singing along. So that, that obviously meant something. So if that answers the question... I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's familiarity or, or the fact mm-hmm. that we made the set a bit more kind of, um, you know, kick-ass or whatever. It, it just, yeah, whatever that is. Was there ever a moment when you were playing Diamond Star Halo tracks during the set that you felt ultimately <clears throat> then it clicked and now all of a sudden these new, well, songs are like your kids, you know, like you create yeah. these things. These new kids clicked and they're in did or were they still like standalone no they they clicked straight away they okay. they they feel like they should have been in the set they mm-hmm. are you know they, yeah. they they all work in there that's the that's the beauty of being an artist mm-hmm. if all your stuff sounds like your stuff any of the songs that you played do you think will be a permanent addition to the set the way we'll that see it, okay it, it's down to you know how popular they are if mm-hmm. they have staying power if something gets picked up in a movie or a tv show or, or an ad or something before you know it you're like Oh, okay. Well, that that was shocking. Yeah. I guess we better include that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, it looks like we came to the end. Of, um, I think, and hopefully I did ask all the questions that Neil and Carolyn uh, wanted to have answered. And um, one question that is not on the paper is, uh, so you start the rest of the world. When do you hit the States again? Don't know yet. Right. Okay. Just, you know, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Right. We're, I had to ask. Yeah. You know, well, we, I don't, we, you know. we don't know yet because it hasn't, <laughs> hasn't really been tentatively booking stuff around yes. the world. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, we'll see. We'll see when it when it turns up. But we're going to be really super busy. And, okay. Uh, yeah. It depends if there's a, a a massive demand, then perhaps we'll we'll come back and do some more. So. Okay. Before we sign off, any message you want to give to the fans? You've got yeah, tons we, of Def Leppard fans. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll see you out there. I mean, that was great. They were awesome. You guys were were amazing. And um. It was a huge party. It was like, you know, back on tour, you know, after COVID and everything. It was symbolic of a lot of things. Um, and it, it was definitely moving in the right direction. But for us, it, it was on top of that, it was the best we've ever been. So it kind of as a, a special thing for us, you know. 
that's cool. Well, thanks, babe. Thank you. Answering the questions and telling Colin, I am actually here with my husband, but you know, I'm also on the shout out Music Appreciation 101 on Amp Radio. And uh, Carolyn Norton, I'll check you on Mondays. Neil Poole, you've got the best official, unofficial Def Leppard podcast in the world. Thanks, brother. It was wonderful teaming up with you guys. And I will be airing this on my show after Neil airs it on his giving him exclusivity. Tell the Def Leppard fans they can come on over. They can listen to it all over again. All right. Once again, love you guys. And we are out. Hello, Carolyn, and welcome to Def Pod. Not only is this hopefully the first of many contributions from you, but you are also featuring on our first ever episode with an interview with a real human, flesh and blood <laughs> member of Def Leppard. It's, it's all very exciting, isn't it? It is completely wild, Neil. I'm so happy to be here. It would be enough just to be on an episode of the podcast, but here I am following the great Phil Collin. He's, uh, I mean, I've been a fan of his basically, you know, my whole life. I, um, I always tell people I'm hysteria years old, you know, so that's the album that's in my DNA. But, um, you know, I just love his technique. I love his playing. And he seems so genuine with fans. And uh, especially now, coming off of a tour, the first thing he's going to do is come home and they're going to sit down and do an interview for us. I think that was pretty remarkable. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. And I'm going to I'm going to start straight off by saying thank you, Carolyn, because if it wasn't for you and Helen, then this wouldn't have happened. And it, it happened entirely because of you and Helen. So thank you very much. And like you said, we're recording this on a Monday night. Def Leppard have finished their stadium tour that's lasted for three months on a Friday night. I think they did something on a Saturday. I think they might have done some sort of other private show or something from what I've seen. They've arrived back in LA, or Phil has, and Helen, on the Sunday. And then on Sunday night, they've gone out of the way to record that for us. It's amazing. You've now heard that interview. I've heard that interview. What were your hot takes from what Phil had to say? Well, I just want to say that I 100% agree with Phil that, yes, they are the best live band performing now. I love that he's said that I loved hearing the pride in his voice. Um, Well-deserved. You know, I went to the show in D.C. and it was an early show in June. Um, So I am completely lucky because we got to hear the show before they changed it up. Um, So I got to hear four new songs um, and that was very exciting for me. I try to think of it that way because I love Let It Go. So that was that smarted a bit when I saw that come into the set later on. But um, yes, they're 100 uh, percent the best. You know, they really sound better than I've heard them. I've been to, I guess, three or four shows. They sound better than ever. So he's completely right. And uh, and I love that. So, yeah, that was terrific. Do you know what I loved about that interview? I think it really captured the fact that he's just come off tour after two days. And it had that mix, because he says in it as well, doesn't he, that he's exhausted. And you yeah. can sort of hear that. 
I don't mean that in a critical way. I mean, like, sort of, I mean, I'm sure he's less exhausted than I would. You know, my man who's sort of far too heavy and has got no muscles or very relaxed muscles, I would say, which is more like fat. Um, I was dead after just going to the show, so I can't imagine how they are after three months of doing it. So you can sort of hear that a little bit, but at the same time, you can still hear that. There's that like adrenaline flowing through the veins of you know you can't just turn that off after three months and like you said there's that really sort of strong statement of like you know currently we are the best rock band out there and why wouldn't you believe that you've just been you know playing to 40 45 people every night for the last three months that's you're gonna feel good about it, aren't you carolyn that's true and i loved um I loved what he talked about a little bit. He got into the, uh, one of my favorite things he said was that uh, you can love the Sex Pistols and Super Tramp. And I was listening to that part of it earlier. And um, I have to agree because I feel like, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about some of their other albums later. And I was thinking, you know, I love Def Leppard, but I am definitely one of those people who, Loved Hysteria, listened to it. Then I got into that hip-hop thing in the 90s and R&B, like a lot of other Def Leppard American fans. And um, for me, I love almost their whole catalog. So I feel like there's like a balance there um, between the earlier stuff and, um, and the new album, which, as I said, I was so happy to get to hear those four songs. It was really great. I think you can love it all. Like Helen and Phil, our chat is very much focused on Def Leppard's album, Diamond Star Halo. So me and you, we both love this album. We think there's something in there for everyone, whether you're like us and whether you like the whole Def Leppard catalogue or whether you're the type of person who maybe only likes one Def Leppard album or whether you only like a specific era. So most people who listen to this podcast are hardcore Def Leppard fans and like the majority of the Def Leppard catalogue that's out there. But if you're here for the first time, listeners, and you know, you're into on through the night monogamy, or you're <laughs> a high and dry bro, or even if you think that everything after atomic mass sucked, well, you are welcome here on Def Leppard in our Def Leppard circle of trust. It's a safe space, isn't it, Carolyn? Do you feel safe? I absolutely feel safe. And uh, and that's coming for me. I mean, I'll admit there's probably two whole songs that aren't for me in their catalog. So, you know, welcome everyone. Yeah. And what we're going to do okay, is we're going to go through a bunch of Def Leppard albums. And we're going to tell you that based on that album, an album that you like, which song we think on Diamond Star Halos would be a good one for you to check out and that we think will tickle your fancy and improve your life immeasurably. And that's what we're going to do. Carolyn, have I explained that well enough, or do I need to add anything? I think you explained it very well indeed. It's um, a fun idea that we had together when we were talking a few months back over chat, because I love Diamond Star Halo so much, and I'm going to come out right now and tell you, it's my favorite album of theirs. And that is saying something. I said it, okay? You know, I said before, I love Hysteria. I love, you know, um, when the digital release came out, it was this gift, this trove of all these amazing songs. And I love most of them, but I'm gonna go here and say, I love Diamond Star Halos. And every time I read something from some person online who's entitled to their opinion that, 
it's not good or they don't like it because they like high and dry only or whatever it is. I just feel like I wanted to reach that person. And I thought this would be a fun game to play. And so track by track or bit by bit, I thought it was uh, something that, you know, we could just share with those fans and see if we could change their minds and hearts. No, that's cool. You very kindly give me credit there that I don't deserve because it was you who came up with this idea, not me. But And it's a brilliant idea. And that's why I jumped at the chance to chat about it with you. So we've obviously been thinking about this a little bit ahead of today. So you've been listening to Diamond Star Halos again. You may have been going back to some of the older Def Leppard albums. How have you found the exercise of preparing for this because we were both very confident weren't we that you know what we can find a song for everyone on diamond star halos regardless of what album you like now i'm not gonna lie i was very very confident almost borderline arrogance about my ability to do that there was a couple of albums i found it a little bit more difficult and when we talk about it i'm going to be using some poetic license but on the whole i was able to do it but what about you how did you find it Well, it was a lot of fun for me um, because I sat down and listened to the music, not in the background while I was doing the washing up or, you know, just while we were talking to friends or just on, I just sat down, I put on the earbuds and just focused. Um, So that part was fun, but I'm going to go a step farther than you. Um, I was cavalier. I was out there with a flaming sword that I can do this. I was straight up arrogant about it. And it might have been harder than I thought, but uh, I actually came up with a, we're going to go with poetic license, but I did come up with an interesting um, view after a while when I finally let go of kind of being so rigid. So when we dive in, um, we can look at it because um, spoiler alert, some songs might be good for both someone who's a fan of an early album or perhaps at the same time, a certain 90s outlier album at the same time. So I think there's a lot to talk about, Neil. So buckle up, fans. We're ready. All right, then let's go. So... We're going to go in chronological order. We're not going to talk about every single Def Leppard album, by the way. We're going to do a lot of the 80s ones and then uh, maybe one or two others. But we will start chronologically. So we will start with Def Leppard's debut album from 1980, On Through the Night. So, Carolyn, if our listeners like On Through the Night, which song from Diamond Star Halos should they listen to? Okay, before I give you my completely weird selection that you might disagree with, one issue I had while doing this um, whole exercise was some songs, maybe the production was quite different, but Mm. the lyrics were like one album, but the solos were in a different category. So sometimes that happens a lot with these songs. And so I still believe there's something for everybody on the album, but we might have to piece it together. So here it is. I'm going to say from here to eternity. I know I've you thought were- that as well. I've oh, thought that as well. Okay. I thought I was a crazy person. Thanks for backing me up, Neil. I feel better. I thought about it a lot. And then I thought about, you know what's on On Through the Night? 
um, is the overture, right? And so you have the overture, which is this, it's sort of an outlier on the album, right? It's a little bit different than what else is on it, but it's, it's beloved, right? A um, little bit of a surprise. From Parent of Eternity, it's a pretty different song from the rest of the tone of Diamond Star Halos. It has an asthma, what is that word I'm thinking of? Atmospheric, that's it, atmospheric quality. And I think the overture has that too. And then it has these changes of tone. We all know the band loves Queen. I also love Queen. There's something going on there. I think Sav wrote, um, Sav wrote From Here to Eternity, right? So it, it has right. that vibe as well. So if I had to pick one whole song for On Through the Night, um, which, you know, has some treasures on it. I mean, let's face it, Wasted is still amazing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if I was gonna pick one, I would go from here to eternity. So, and, and you said you felt the same? So we have no idea what songs we've picked for this. And we haven't discussed it beforehand. I also picked from here to eternity for the exact same reasons as you. I've got a few other ones as well. So I won't repeat what you said. So everything you said, I fully agree with. And they are my reasons as well. Also, I thought as well, if you actually look at On Through the Night, people who like heavy metal like On Through the Night. Or that's the one Def Leppard's album that they might like. Now, From Here to Eternity is not heavy metal in any way, clearly. But there are a few things that are similar to The Overture, similar to uh, When the Walls Came Tumbling Down, which is, this is a story. So this is a story. It's, it's like, they call it like the, the murder ballad. I've seen uh, Sav refer to it. So you've got songs that have got stories and the stories of like violence like you know when the walls came tumbling down going about like enslaved people in the end of the world and and, and all of this so and all of this sort of thing so you've got a story that story is quite a sort of a violent story now it's not a heavy song but it is quite intense isn't it it's, it's a, it brings its intensity in its own way i don't understand music enough to articulate it very well carolyn but it's not like rah 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 heavy but it's like there's just lots going on and it's, it's quite a sort of a soundscape and then the other thing i thought as well is that it's just got an amazing guitar solo in it an absolute amazing guitar solo and if you're into on through the night and sort of the more metal side of things and cool guitar solos and everything then yeah this is this this has got it all so it doesn't sound necessarily like a heavy metal well, no it doesn't sound like a heavy metal song but it's got all of these sort of things going on in it Oh, this this is amazing that we came up with the same one. I'm, 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 I'm well shocked with that. Yeah, I, I'm I'm shocked because I thought that was uh, a little bit crazy. And talking about the solo in that song, um, the end solo there, which I think Phil mentions is one of his favorites uh, in mm-hmm. the interview. Why do they let that fade out? Please bring it more. Like, I just want more of that solo. I loved it. I thought it was great. I do like some harder music as well. So, um, yeah, I agree. So I, I'm happy. I feel a little more confident because I thought I was just going to have to put for Onto the Night. I thought I was going to have to put a list of my favorite solos from this album that are heavier. Um, and I popped in a few, but uh, it's more fun to have a whole song. So that's great. Brilliant. Okay, so there you go. You've got it, people. If you like On Food and Night, Go and listen to From Here to Eternity, which is the last track 
on Diamond Star Halos. That takes us on to High and Dry, Def Leppard's second album, 1981. So, Carolyn, if our listeners like or love High and Dry, which song should they check out from Diamond Star Halos? Well, this is a little tricky, okay? Here we get to a point where I have, um, I have a couple, and one of the songs I know is a favorite of yours, and it was a grower for me, and now I love it, which is um, Open Your Eyes. Part of this song, I feel, would be great for high and dry fans. Ironically, it might turn up later for another album, because it also mm. fits there. But um, there are some powerful, powerful solos in this song, so I think a high and dry fan would like it. Additionally, it's something of a softball for uh, take what you want. Phil said that. I frankly might move take what you want a little farther down the line for them. But um, so I found that's what I was looking at for, for these. I don't know what you thought about that. No, I get that. I get that totally. And I think I know what you're saying about um, Open Your Eyes and what other album we may be talking about. I think we're, we're definitely going to be the same on that. And like you said, this is another one like From Here to Eternity where there's a ride out solo where I'll be more than happy for just another two more minutes of it. More than happy. And I think that's this is the one that Joe said he thinks is Phil's best solo ever I heard or saw or read in an interview. So, yeah, I totally see what you're doing. Great guitar solos, all about the guitars. You pick a song like Open Your Eyes. I picked something slightly different, and I'm quite happy because I picked this. I picked all of these before I heard the Phil interview. I'm being absolutely honest there, right? Okay, so the one I was picking was Give Me a Kiss. Now, not necessarily because we'll put it this way, I don't definitely wouldn't have a song called Give Me a Kiss in 1981, and it sounds very glammy and there's nothing glammy on high and dry but the reason i picked it and i'm going to go back to what phil said in his exclusive interview for death Lab pod i just thought i'd mention that again is that he said he referred to give me a kiss as being a little bit like acdc and a little bit like aerosmith and it's that acdc thing that i picked up on completely in terms of so high and dry sounds a lot like acdc because you've got mutt lang just come off the back of Highway to Hell and Back in Black producing it. So it's got a similar guitar sound. And I mean it's in in a positive way, not a critique. But give me a kiss and a lot of high and dry is very straight ahead rock. It's like what we would call here in the UK, like it's like meat and potatoes rock. It's you know, there is a loads of like nuance, there's nothing like flashy in it, it's just like straight ahead rock music. So that's why I picked Give Me a Kiss, which I think is a brilliant song, by the way. I absolutely love it. Um, and I love High and Dry as well. So while it doesn't sound exactly like it would fit on High and Dry, that was why I picked that. Now, have I lost my mind there, Carolyn? Or are you hearing anything that you agree with and you don't need to feel rail- railroaded into agreeing? I don't, I don't disagree. I was going to put that song, which I love because I love the backing vocals because I'm a Delta Deep fan. So I love Debbie Blackwell Cook and she's on that song and it does rock. Um, that's when it's on, I'm dancing around. Um, I had it a little farther along. I moved it up to Pyromania, which I can see is a little different, but it just rocks, you know, and that's an album that totally rocks. And I was thinking about some of the vocals on it. 
would be something that maybe a pyromania fan would like, but it's very hard for me. I find myself quite biased because I like all the songs. So I can yeah. basically put them anywhere and find, yeah. but again, we're coming up to this thing where some of these songs, they have a straight up rock gritty vibe that belongs on high and dry. It's got a production value vocal that's more, you know, Mutt Lang is really getting into it later on, right? Um, so I can see that. And that's something that's going on with this album a lot is I'm seeing, you know, the guitars are from this era, the vocals are from a different era because, well, they're so great, you know, with Vivian there and the boost that gives the, the band sound. So I'm not gonna totally disagree with you there, but I was just gonna edge it in another direction. A lot of mine are on the line, like it could go in this album or that album, especially when we're looking at Pyro and Hysteria. Like Bobby Brown said, Carolyn, it's your prerogative if you want to put, you can put anything where you want. It's, there's no danger of that not happening here. So if you like high and dry, go and try out Open Your Eyes. Is that what we're, we're fixing on? And maybe give me a kiss as well. Yes, I feel, but we're going to talk about Open Your Eyes again. It, you know, it comes up a lot. Well, you know, it's important that we talk about one of the best songs ever written. Anyway, so <laughs> let's go on to the next album. We've got Pyromania, 1983. If our listeners like or love Pyromania, which song or songs should they try out from Diamond Star Halos? This is super hard to decide what I would put on Pyromania, and what I would save for Hysteria, my DNA album. There are some obvious ones for Hysteria, but I don't want to get ahead of myself. I wonder where you would put Kick, because I thought about putting it in Pyromania for it being Come At You, Arena E, rock song, production, but a little more straightforward on some side. So. And I do love it. So I just wanted to put it in somewhere for sure. Didn't Phil mention that as well in terms of, I mean, Kick's got that sort of, it yeah. could be something like Rock of Ages in terms of, it's got all of that sort of space in it. There's lots of, there's not that much guitars in the verse part. And then it, it's all about the chorus. So it's, it's got that in it. So yeah, I, I can see, I can see Kick definitely. What did you think? I say the one I've got is Take What You Want. And the, the reason I've got Take What You Want is because to me, and I've mentioned this before, is that it's in many ways the duplicate of the start of Pyromania, which is rock, rock till you drop in terms of you've got that introduction section that builds up and then you, it kicks in with the big riff and it's nice and sort of straightforward and it's a rocking song. So to me, ever since I've heard Take What You Want and then when I knew it was at the start of the album, it's always just, it's always been to me. Right, that is to Diamond Star Halos what Rock Rock is to Pyromania. So that's always been the one for me. But that, or like you said, there's lots of songs I think that you could pick for Pyromania. There's quite a few as well, like you could pick for Hysteria, and there's lots of overlaps and things like that. So now I agree with you entirely. Kick 
Kick could easily probably go on a stereo as well um, for similar reasons that Rock of Ages is a little bit like pour some sugar in me in terms of like there's lots of space in the verse and not lots of guitars and then you've got a big chorus. So yeah, there's lots of overlap here. So we're now getting into territory, Carolyn, where if you like Pyromania, there's loads on Diamond Star Halo, Halos that I think you would like and certainly um, Hysteria as well. So we've got Kick, Take What You Want, Go and check them out if you like Pyromania. See what you think of them. Any fan, I triple dog dare you to listen to Take What You Want and not like it. I feel like they made that song for me, which is maybe why I was going to put it on Hysteria, but it also rocks hard, so I was going to put it on High and Dry. It was hard to place it for me um, because, yeah, I love it so much. So, And I did find it was an incredible stadium opener for the show. And in the interview at the end, when Helen asked Bill, like, what of the new songs, which ones and might hang around in the future? And he said, of course, that, you know, you can't tell yet. Well, I have high hopes for that one because I did love it as it was just, I mean, the anticipation. And I think you spoke about this on your episode um, about about the tour. Um, And um, yeah, it's just that opening builds and then the screen goes up and everything's okay in the world again. So his Def Leppard's on stage. That's how it felt. I can imagine as well, and correct me if I'm wrong here, where there's some songs where it doesn't matter that much if you've never heard it before because it's because they're very immediate. I think Take What You Want is a very immediate song. So even if you, you're there at stadium tour and you only know a bit of Def Leppard, or, you know, you've really gone to see Motley Crue or, or Poison or someone like that. Even if you don't know that song, like you said, I defy anyone to not sort of just start like nodding the head or tapping the foot and getting into that. Yeah, it is It is pretty exceptional, actually. Don't know if you heard, Carolyn, but in 1987, Def Leppard released a um, very little known album. It's like a cult album. People have barely heard. It's called Hysteria. Um, so if anyone has heard the stereo and anyone does like or love that album, what do you think they would like on Diamond Star Halos? There are some clear drops. A lot of songs I was thinking, oh, I could throw them in hysteria, I could put them in pyro, they could pieces, but they could go anywhere. I think um SOS Emergency, which in Phil's interview was like an afterthought, which was so funny because in some ways the song is a little afterthoughty. Um but yes, gets plunked right into it's just it it you could put it on the album I think, um, you know, and it's got the the siren effect in there and everything. So I think for sure that goes on there. Um, but then I really felt that all we need um, could go on hysteria easily. At, in the um, you know one of my favorites is Love and Affection, the eighth single that yeah. really needs to be released any second. And um, I felt like all we need could kind of slide into that realm because it's one of these non-ballads that um, folks have talked about before. It's a ballad, but then it has this you know catchy guitar part. So. Um, those were of what I had. Those were my choices for hysteria that are just kind of clear cut ones. I felt. What do you think, Neil? What say you? We've we've gone back. We've gone back to our on through the night synergy here, Carolyn. Where they are my two exact same choices as well. 
I've got SOS Emergency. I've put next to it verse, where I think it's the verse in particular that sounds really like hysteria to me in terms of the guitars. It's got that sort of palm, sort of muted, like, dun, 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 like the type thing they did. Again, I think Phil refers to that, but I think he, he refers to that in the interview to All We Need. I've only, I've only heard this interview once, by the way, um, at this point. So, um, and All We Need is like the really obvious one and i think that's the one that in the interview phil mentioned as well sounded a lot like it could be on hysteria and i think you're absolutely spot on in comparing it to love and affection as well like if, if there was one specific song from hysteria i'm not saying it sounds exactly like it but it's in the same ballpark then yeah all we need so if you like or love hysteria then go and check out either or both now go and check both don't limit yourself. God, right. Go and check out SOS Emergency. All we need. Now, at this point, we haven't we haven't missed the beat yet. We've gone on through the night. We've gone high and dry. We've gone pyromania. We've, got, we've gone hysteria. We're going to skip Adrenalize simply because Adrenalize mirrors sonically hysteria. So, you know, a lot of things could go on both of those albums. So going on to the next proper album, is slang it's okay so slang right i'm looking forward to this bit really looking forward to this if you like or love slang and we know from the recent episodes on slang that lots of people lots of Def leopard fans uh, really love or like slang what songs are those people gonna like from diamond star halos i think there's a lot here neil um I, I really do. I, I'm somebody who came to slang later in life after the digital release, later, frankly, after listening to some of your episodes, um, the recent one on the whole album, the one on truth, and I am a slang convert. I really love it, actually. So I'm here to tell you right now, this can happen for you know you high and dry folks. You can come to find other albums that are in your heart, believe me. Um, so a couple, one obvious one just for fun, it's a little easy, is Liquid Dust, which is a song that I loved from the first time I heard it. Not everybody did, but it just spoke to me. Um, I got it right away. And then of course it has that dust theme. So I think our buddy Phil has that on uh, slang as well, right? Uh, Turn to yeah. Dust. So um, I put liquid dust on there for slang. I have open your eyes. Ironically, even though I had it earlier, I feel like it belongs on slang. I think if I was going to, if, if you were gonna be really mean to me, Neil, and say, Carolyn, you must put it in one category, oh. I would take it out of the high and dry and throw it into slang. So that's probably where it belongs. Um, I have those two. And then I have a few, I have a couple others. Um, that I thought might work. One is Angels. I thought that mm. might be able to work in slang. Um, you know, that's because uh, this is one where lyrically yeah. it has some darker lyrics. We're not talking about your rock till you drop sort of situation mm. here. It's heavy and slang has some heavy lyrics. Um, and so in that way, I might slide Angels in. It's also an incredibly beautiful song. Tough, but beautiful. And I think in slang, there's a lot of songs that are tough, but beautiful. And the other one that I have in here um, is one that I got to hear live and not everybody did, which is 
Fire It Up. And my mm -hmm. story with Fire It Up is I didn't really like it at first. When I heard mm -hmm. it, I'll be honest, I was like, well, you know, okay. I mean, they released these other two. They're really great. I love them. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's okay, you know. And then I listened again and again. And I was like, yeah, it's all right. And then I heard it live. So while I absolutely understand for the band why they had to change it up and obviously put Let It Go in there, all you lucky people who got to hear that. But I really actually do like this song and I thought it might fit in for um, the people who like slang. Um, it's got some interesting lyrics and I thought that uh, just the tone of it, it's a little bit different. Slang is a little mm. bit different. I thought it might work. And, but also my main one was liquid dust and the other, I didn't mention it when I was talking about liquid dust, but I really feel that you've got instrumentation on there that also shows up in slang. And I think that that's um, one thing I meant to note when I was talking about it before, but I'm just so excited, Neil. Oh, there's loads to unpack. There's loads to unpack there. Oh, right. I think I've remembered everything you've said. I'm going I'm I'm to touch on everything you said there. Firstly, you're not the first person to say to me that fire it up was brilliant live i think i made what might have sounded like a critical comment it, it wasn't uh, like a throwaway comment about oh and he dropped fire it up and then, like, look, a few people got in touch with me and said no no i was there fire it up was brilliant live it was really really good so i've heard that from a few people so i totally i totally believe you and i could imagine it was it was really good and I could see I could see the slang comparison in terms of like there's that whole sort of section after the second chorus, which is very slangy. And also even the fact that it was just released as a single in the way that slang was released as, as a single, there's the they've got that same sort of approach where you can see the band thinking, Well, we think this is what our fans were like, and they've then put that out. So I can see that totally. Your other one in terms of Angels, I think you're spot on there because slang is an album where the ballads are un Def Leppard like in terms of their previous ballads. They're not big power ballads. So whether it be Where It's Love Go When It Dies or All I Want Is Everything, they're very different types of Def Leppard ballads. And this album has got very different type of Def Leppard ballads in terms of Angels and Goodbye for Good as well. So if you like slang and you like a different type of Def Leppard ballad where they're trying something different, Go and listen to the, to Diamond Star Halos and go and listen to those songs. Now, in terms of your actual, your first two choices that you you nailed down, not, not only did we have our On Through the Night synergy, not only did we have our Hysteria synergy, we have also got our Slang synergy because I have got Liquid Dust and Open Your Eyes written down here as well. For much the same reasons, I think musically, Liquid Dust sounds like it should be on slang. The riff sounds very slang to me. Got the same as you in terms of the subject matter is a bit darker um, on Liquid Dust in terms, you know, like, you know, you know we all die, we're all dust. And, and Phil said that um, in his interview as well. So you've got that sort of darkness that you get in the slang lyrics as well. Uh, there's there's another thing as well. You hear it more if you listen to it on on headphones, but I think it's in the verse, the vocals double tracked. So as well as Phil doing not Phil, as well as Joe doing it in his like normal voice, there's also like a really low voice underneath it. And you're only the main album where you hear uh, Joe do his low range is on something like Work It Out, which is on slang. So 
there's a few things going on there that made me think, oh, this is all very slangy. I don't know if that's a, a word. You said arena e earlier, so I'm using slangy. Yeah, I is. think we can do this. We're doing it, Neil. That's it. And then, yeah, open your eyes as well. That just sounds to me, and again, not a criticism, like a 90s. So it's got a 90s feel about it. Slang does have a 90s feel about it. Not a grunge feel, but it does it does sound like a contemporary album in the 90s. That's what they wanted. And whether you wanted that sound as a Def Lappard fan or not, I do actually think the band achieved that in terms of it sounds like an album that's from around 1996. Um, and also as well, just the fact that it's based on that bass riff and that bass is sort of really out there. You get a little bit of that on slang as well. You like this the bit in Work It Out where you get that little wing, 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 like bass bit of... That doesn't always happen on earlier Def Leppard songs, but around such a slang and everything you get, like you get um, Sav flexing a little bit, as my kids would say. I don't know if that's a term that you have in America, flexing. I think sure it is like, yeah, do you? all right, okay. You know what? That's probably where my kids got it from. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> passe now. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> well, you had to explain to me what IG was earlier, so I'm not the I'm not the person to ask. Right. Okay. So yeah. So if you like slang, everyone which of course you do, you'd be mad not to, then go and try out Liquid Dust, go and try out Open Your Eyes, go and try out Fire It Up, go and try out Angels. I'm going to throw Goodbye uh, goodbye for Good in there as well. There's loads of slangy stuff, we think, on Diamond Star Halos. So they are the five albums that we we said, right, we'll definitely do those. I'll just open up the floor to you now, just in case you've got anything else that you wanted to throw into the mix. Is there any other album that you could relate or pair up with any songs from Diamond Star Halos? Well, I'm a big fan of 2015, um, the eponymous album. I love it. And it's some of it's very pop. There's a lot of positivity in that album as well. And they do some fun things. You know, with We Belong, everybody singing. Um, mm. And I was trying to think of, you know, what would go on that album. And I thought about Unbreakable, maybe because of Invincible. Yeah. It sort of rang in my head a little bit. Um, I also wanted, I like that song too, so I wanted to find a place for it if I could. Um, I was thinking about that. Um, yeah, and I was, you know, Neil, I was trying to find a place for Lifeless and this guitar. And where, and I, I feel like I struggled a little bit. Where are we putting these songs? Because we know that this guitar was written very early um, and then developed. And it seems like a lot of the things that are going on with Diamond Star Halos are, I'm not going to say like songs that are recycled, but like ideas and things that they had wanted to um, get a chance to work with and finally had the time to do so during lockdown and things like that and really play with ideas. Um, so I just wasn't sure where to put those two, um, the Alison Krauss duets in our mix. And I thought maybe I would put this guitar for fans of the 2015 Def Leppard album. It's a little different sounding, but if you were going to throw a ballad on there, it does come from the heart. And a lot of the songs on that album really do as well. They like they talk about writing it for themselves. And that's why they named it that. So I was trying to play with that. What do you think? What say you? I agree, particularly with with Lifeless. Because what's interesting is Phil was saying in that interview that with 
this guitar, they were actively trying to make it sound less country, less countryfied. And then obviously when Alison Krauss um, got involved, it then took it back all the way to the country thing. And with both this guitar and Lifeless, this is a very personal thing, so I'm not really talking like sonically and musically, but those two songs... I don't know, if I could go on Spotify or whatever and see what songs I've played the most off that album, particularly over the last couple of months, I'm listening to this guitar and lifeless all the time. Like to the point it's not really healthy, Carolyn. And I think, you know, we might need to have a chat and, you know, maybe you can signpost me to some guidance or something. And I had that with a with a song on the self-titled album, which was Last Dance, which is the oh, third yeah. to last song on the self-titled album so based on little more than it's just a song i can't stop listening to and is quite different to the whole death lapid catalog i mean i don't think there's anything else like lifeless i don't think there's anything else like this guitar in a similar vein i don't think there's anything else really like last dance either and the one thing that they all have in common is they're all they're all relatively simple and they're all Got beautiful melodies is, is what I would say. So in that way, then maybe they come together. So yeah, I agree with you. If I if you're gonna have to stick those two albums, this guitar and lifeless on any other Def Leppard album, or you like a Def Leppard album and you think oh, what songs, I think there is a bridge there between 2015 album and Diamond Star Halos, and maybe those songs are that bridge. So again, we've co- we're coming up with similar things. So we must you know, the wisdom of masses. I know we're not masses, there's only two of us, but, you know, if two people are saying a lot of the same thing, then we must be right, surely. Surely, at least in our own minds, Neil. We're listening to Lifeless over and over again. I mean, I have an 18-year-old daughter, so I listen to that song all the time. It's, it's a weird song, Lifeless, because the um, the lyrics are really grim and really bleak, but I find it like a really upbeat song. Yeah. <laughs> like, it puts me in a good mood to listen to it, and it's about something really bad, yeah. so... I don't know what's going on there. I think we've pretty much gone through all of the albums that we wanted to. We have discussed Diamond Star Halos at length. It just leaves me to say thank you very much, Carolyn, for coming on. It's been an absolute joy. Oh, it's been my honor. You know, I'm such a huge fan of the podcast. I can't wait for the next episodes. I listen all the time. Hope I live up to uh, coming on after the great Phil Collin. I'm a huge fan of his. Just his playing, but also personally, I quit drinking last year. And anytime I had a hard time, I just thought about him and I played some of his songs and I got through it. So I just had to throw that shout out out there. Thank you, Neil. Take care. Hello, Def Leppard friends. If you'd like to support Def Leppard, then you can buy us a coffee at buymeacoffee.com forward slash Def Leppard. You can buy us a one-off coffee, or if you want, you can join our Gods of More membership, where you'll get even more bang for your buck and a little bit of extra Def Leppard stuff every month. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash Def Leppard.